It's playoff time, but fantasy is not over, not even in the slightest bit. Welcome to the Patreon-exclusive free episode. That's right. Everyone gets the whole episode today. If you are interested in joining us at patreon.com slash Fantasy to talk football with the greatest community ever, plus get so many extras i can't even imagine i can't even i can't even say it you got to go to patreon.com slash brodo fantasy and check out all the extras you can get and on top of that it's it's the playoff challenge you can get a free you can get five dollars off your ffpc playoff challenge entry we're going to tell you all about it and we're going to tell you about the fantasy football by brodo app download that to get the link to the entry and to get every single stat you need and then on top of that patreon.com slash brodo fantasy we've got black monday We've got the playoff challenge. I mean, it's like we never left. Fantasy Football by Brodo app presents <laughs> the Brodo Fantasy Football podcast right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. So, I mean, usually this is us talking, uh, not us, this is the industry talking playoffs, but we are here to continue talking fantasy football. That's right. It is me, and it is the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who in the most unpredictable year predictably dominated the shit out of his leagues. Michael, what's good, Mike? What's up, brother? Yeah, good year for me in uh, ye old fantasy football. Bro, I got to say, like, um, my fantasy numbers would look so much better if I wasn't in every league with you and Jason. Uh, it's really like, it's really like, uh, I think yours and, and, you know, yours would look better if you weren't in leagues with me and Jason's would look better if he wasn't in leagues with us. We got to start branching out and playing against other people and just, just dominating them. I think that's what we got to do. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we do play in a lot of leagues together. I uh, beat oh. him in the Tingle Championship. Oh, oh my God! Don't get me shout started, out to man. the patrons who won the uh, the patron leagues, um, the Beat the Bros leagues, won the uh, the Unlimited League. Big shout out to those guys. Those are they're all getting a a nice Brodo uh, belt, courtesy of Party Belts. Yeah, don't forget to go to Party Belts. Uh, is it partybelts.com? I can't remember the exact address, uh, but if you Google party belts, it'll, it'll come up right away and go there and get anything that you need because you know, you got these other places. Yeah. It's partybelts.com and you get, you got these other places, right? And it's just like, they, they do too much. Like I'm, I'm look, not to say if you want a big belt, that's on you. But for me, you know, I'm 35. I got two kids. What am I going to do with a $200 belt? Like, what am I going to do with that? No, go to PartyBelts.com, get a great-looking belt, a customizable belt, and you can use it at all times. Shout-out to Nolan. He's a big part of the um, the Brodo Discord as well. It also uh, has beer holders on the side, which is great. What else do you need? Michael, before we get started, man, I got to tell you a little update about my life. I I have started, because I, I, you said beer, I'm not drinking or doing any other extracurricular activities that you know I enjoy doing. Um or eating any processed food or seed oils um, or dairy or gluten or grains until May 5th. And no so sugar. Until, no sugar. Until May 5th, Tim is eating 
Hmm. Let me think of absolutely nothing that he can meat, eat. vegetables, and sweet potatoes. <laughs> Literally, meat, vegetables, and sweet potatoes. I'm having a little Gary. I'm having clarified butter, cold ghee, but it's but that's kind of like a loophole in the system. Yeah, you uh, just put every every time you cook, you just put one ghee unit up in there. <laughs> that was, I mean, I didn't want to laugh at that. I really didn't want to laugh at that. Um, yeah. So if you know, if anyone wants to join me on that journey, uh, that's another thing that we could do in the Discord. Let me know if you guys are listening on, in the Patreon. And the patrons, I, I know Justin, one of our patrons. Um, shout out to Justin, a long time listener, uh, long time listener. Wash. And, yeah, and someone who like you know I can truly call a friend. Like we've never actually met in person, um, which is you know for me, I never thought I'd be someone who'd have an online friend. Um, but I have a few of them, and Justin's one of them. And um, yeah, we, we we talk about life and things. And, and there was a time where we support each other. He's going through a fitness journey of his own where he's almost completely turned his body around. Like he's really doing his thing. So shout out to Justin. And yeah, if anyone fit. else. Yeah, he definitely, definitely. And it wasn't always like that. You know, Justin had his uh, his struggles with weight and up and down and up and down. And now, but now he's he's hitting it and he's uh, he's really turned it, turned his whole um, fitness journey into something that's very, very inspirational. So if you want to join me and Justin and some other people, Michael's also, I saw Michael earlier today when I went to pick up the keys to the studio. You're looking slim, kid. I've been back on the grind, eating healthy, working out, you know. Yeah. Try to I, lose. Actually, me, Jason, and our ladies booked a, booked a trip to Miami during their break since my, my fiance and Jason's girlfriend both work in the DOE, teacher and speech pathologist, so they have off winter break so we booked a little trip to miami for a few days so you know miami. gotta get that gotta get that beach bod before then you know you're going to miami yeah me and jason have been waking up at five i wake up at 5 15 in the morning i go to jason's apartment he has a gym we go and hit the gym i walk to work i'm, I'm averaging twenty thousand steps a day Twenty thousand steps a day bro <laughs> my legs are tired man <laughs> a mile a mile is around like what two six hundred steps or something how many steps is in a mile? I'm not sure, but like the the guideline is everyone should be taking ten thousand steps a day. So I'm I'm doubling that. So I'm feeling good about myself. But anyway, um, some guys that are not feeling good about themselves. Thousand steps about. So it's about ten miles you'd be walking. Not too shabby. Two thousand steps. That's what you said. Roughly depending. Obviously, it changes on the person and yeah, like your stride is and such. But roughly two thousand steps. I'm, I'm five nine and a half. I'm like the average size of a guy, so I, yeah. I would say like you know you have a you have an average stride. You don't do splits <laughs> while you walk. Yo. No, no, and I also don't like waddle. Although when I first met my girlfriend, she told me, well, my wife now, she told me that uh, I used you to do, like ha have a terrible gait. You do walk slow though. No, guys, guys, you don't. <laughs> I've been getting this. I walk slow shit for so long, but they don't understand when. My first of all, Michael and Jason, ever since they're young kids. They have just they just don't walk with people. They would walk ahead of like our family would be walking down the street to a restaurant or a movie or something, and they would be down the block like that was just them. And secondly, when I'm not in a rush, I don't rush. All right. But when I'm in the city or when I'm like walking down the street, I'm I'm getting mad at people because I'm like, I you need to speed up. All right. So enough with this nonsense. Then you got Johnny. Who Johnny doesn't even stop when there's green lights. He's just like walking straight into traffic like he's fucking Frogger. Wow, and boy. Blaming me. Anyway, uh, so me, Michael, and Jason, 
uh, if you're sticking around for the second half. And the second half is free. I mentioned it in the beginning. Uh, we're not making a Patreon exclusive today. We're going to put the whole thing on YouTube. We're going to put the whole thing for free. We haven't done a Patreon free episode all year. Uh, shout out to our patrons who have been uh, supporting. We appreciate you. Um, but, you know, come join. Because I'll tell you what, the way you win fantasy championships, anyone could pay attention during the year. Um, if you pay attention during the offseason, you put yourself in a great position. Um, you know, the people who who had Kyron Williams this year, if they would have been paying attention in the offseason, they would have known that, hey, Sean McVay, he's looking at Kyron Williams. Is it, you know, these it's a it's a situation where the backfield can't you would have known. And that's just one of the the things. Anyway, we're eight minutes and 33 minutes into this podcast, Michael. So let's get it started. Um, let's get started with boom, 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 black Monday. I'm trying to find like uh, some some sound effects here, but this definitely is not. A... It's black. No, how about this one? Black Monday, the day. Where NFL coaches get fired. Some surprises. Some not so surprising. Goodbye. Goodbye to the coaches. It's the NFL, so I'm sure you're gonna get another job. Cause that's how it goes. It's a cycle that goes on. Adam no. Gase. <laughs> Adam Gase. Sorry. Is that uh, from GarageBand? Like, where are you pulling that up from? No, it says uh, it's got an option here. It says background music. That was called Night Driving. <laughs> On StreamYard, they got it. Yeah, a... yeah, because they have the, 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 and then we have ours who, like, we have our. Is it like, like if you're doing, like, a, a stream or something? Like, I need to use the bathroom. Hold on. And just play some background music. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Uh, or work to do that. Don't forget, we have like we have also our uh, our awards that we're going to do after the, the whole season is over. And we still have the drops here that are just hilarious drops. Like the rookie of the year drop. A big league pitcher is the three R's. Readiness, recuperation, conditioning. <laughs> Amazing. Rookie of the year. All right. So anyway, uh, let's get into it. The first coaching change. I want to start with Arthur Smith because fuck that guy. Um, but I'm not. We got to start with the big news. The big man. The winning. Well, the second winning is coach in the history of the world. Bill Belichick parting ways today. That news broke today um, with the Patriots. It would, They say it was a mutual decision. But if you read the car, the tea leaves. Um, Bill Belichick said he wanted the job. Robert Kraft is, you know, they met and they said it's mutual. Uh, they split a press conference, which is weird. You would expect that the press conference would just be Bill Belichick's after 24 years, but no. Um, Robert Kraft, who does not own Kraft cheese, um, as as I was giving, I was giving yeah. very Shit fake on him news for years, for because years. Of that. fake news for years. Like, cause I hated, I hated, I hated him even more than I already do. I'm a Jets fan, if you didn't know, uh, because he sold plastic cheese to people, but he doesn't at all. Um, but yeah, he was there, so you know, a little rifty. You know what I mean? There's a little James L. Craft, Canadian American businessman, Canadian eight. Fuck. Fuck that guy. Uh, oh no, wait, is that which which Craft? Which Robert Craft or is that James, guy old? No, James L. Craft. The owns Kraft Cheese. Wholesale cheese delivery company in 1903, Kraft Foods. Well, he actually sold cheese. The conglomerate since then. In 19... 
1988, yeah, it was purchased by Philip Morris for $11.9 billion. Holy Bro, man. Philip Morris owns it? Do you know what Philip Morris is? I can't tell if you're being serious or not. No, I'm I'm being serious. You know what Philip Mor- Philip Morris is? Of course not. Google it. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. My my That's a cigarette company, out. bro. Is it really? That is a cigarette company. Do you hear and me the, right now? I hear you, but you're you're frozen. Yeah, my my computer's like completely frozen, but as long as you hear me. I can hear you. It's not the most attractive picture that you've been uh You've been keyed in on. I'm not gonna. I can't lie. even see it. I'm stuck on a half Google of Philip Morris. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, generally an attractive guy. I will say that. All right, Michael. While you figure that out, let's talk about Bill Belichick. Obviously, leaves a very lasting legacy in New England. Um, interestingly enough, oh, you're back. Uh, okay. He was fired, but the two leading candidates for his job are his former linebackers, Jared Mayo and Mike Vrabel. So the question is, do you think this is a good move by the Patriots? Do you think this is a move that they needed to do? Do you think Belichick lands on his feet somewhere else? And your overall thoughts on the move? Yeah, um, the times they are changing. No more Bill Belichick in New England. It was kind of known that this might be the year that happens. Um, It makes sense. You know, Bill Belichick is how old, dude? Like 75 or something at this point? he's, He's about to turn 70. All right, yeah, he's he's about to turn 70, and you think he wants to keep coaching Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones and pulling his hair out every week? The Patriots need to reset from top to bottom. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't blame him for wanting to leave. I don't blame the Patriots for saying, all right, it's time to move on. Let's try to get uh, bring in a new culture. The Bill Belichick era is done. I think it makes sense from both sides. Just time to move on. It's no longer the Tom Brady days where you could just pencil in the Patriots as division champions every year. Do you know what the craziest part is? He's been the head coach for 24 years for the Patriots, and he got hired in the year 2000. When I hear 24 years ago, it's just like, oh, he got hired in 1997. Or like, I mean, that, that's not 1993. Oh, no, oh, 1990, maybe 89. No, it was 2000. Why am I so old? All right. So let's get let's get um all right. So Bill Belichick obviously moving on. Uh, shout out to Bill Belichick for making my childhood terrible. Um, but one of my favorite memories will always be when the Jets beat him in the 2011 playoffs, I believe, or 2010. That was that was glorious. That was glorious. I was I was at a cabin with my ex girlfriend Maria, which you know I don't know if I'm just into Maria's, but my current wife's name is Maria. So, uh, but my ex girlfriend Maria at the time and her friends and me and this one kid George stayed back and we watched it. And it was one of the greatest experiences ever while everyone else went to the gun range and shot some guns. Remember the Jets got absolutely dominated by the Patriots in the regular Demolished. season. Demolished by like 40. Yeah. But you know what? Sounds... That gave me confidence. Is that the last time the fucking Jets made the playoffs? Fuck that team. It was. Yeah, it was. I say fuck loud. that team just for today. Tomorrow I'm back into being a Jets fan <laughs> hyped for Aaron Rodgers in the 2024 season. Michael, how old are you? 28? 28, yeah. So... No major championships in my lifetime. Yeah, I mean, me neither. I'm 35, and I have no major championships either. But you are really a dedicated Jets fan because at least I was like, well, 2011, I was like 20, what? How many years is that? 13? I was 22 years old. So, like, I got to experience some good Jets years. Like, you know, for me, the Jets were like the Mets where they weren't, like, dominant, but, like, every four years they would make the playoffs and they would put together a good team and they'd make a run. 
But for you, when's the last time they made the playoffs? How old were you? You were like 13 or 15. Yeah, I was like 15 or something. Oh, God, that's horrible. Ridiculous. That's horrible. (laughs) I know. Like, I want to experience it as an adult. I get shook just watching these games of the teams that I don't have a fan, like, interest in. If it's the Jets, I'd be, or, like, even, like, the Mets, if they make it to the World Series. Like, they did make it to the World Series that year against the Royals. Yeah. And it was just so nervous. I quit my job. <laughs> Michael quit his job that year. He, yeah. he he was like, I am working a night shift when the Mets are in the World Series. No, no, you weren't even working. You were just like, I don't even want to take the chance that I might be working. Yeah, I was working at Domino's <laughs> during my college for, a, for, like, a year to make some extra money you know college makes an extra dough yeah ayo and then i was like yeah i got another job i have to start tomorrow i can't come back <laughs> it's like i'm not missing a world series game <laughs> excellent excellent hey hey paid off uh yeah i don't think you were climbing up the the domino's corporate ladder anytime soon hey, all right plan? <laughs> no uh all right so let's get into the uh the other firings let's start at this top and then we'll go uh, the Atlanta Falcons wasted no time firing Arthur Smith, even though their uh, owner, Arthur Blank, made it seem like Arthur Smith was the greatest guy. The writing was on the wall. I saw something on ESPN that said something very, very poignant. They said, imagine if the 2016 Golden State Warriors decided to run their offense through Festus of Azili instead of the Splash Brothers. And I feel like that's what Arthur Smith was doing with the Falcons. Um it's going to be interesting to see what the Falcons do. I think Bill Belichick is probably going to be on their radar. Um, I also think that they might be going for some sort of young hire, Ben Johnson type uh, offensive mind. So we'll see what happens with the Falcons. I know I'm excited about this. I think that the Falcons need to be unleashed. Um, I wouldn't be surprised like if I had if I was saying some hot takes, and I think next episode or the episode after that, we're going to have some hot takes about the season. I think Justin Fields is the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons at this point next year. Um, so maybe they go with a, you know, a, a Greg Roman type uh, and like combo, you know, something like that. Um, how are you feeling about this move? And uh, overall, do you think it's a good move for the Falcons like I do? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you could think otherwise. Um, I think it's just known among the world at this point that Arthur Smith is not a good NFL head football coach. I don't care that he was going 500 people say that like I mean he's getting them to 8 9 wins as if that's a good thing. Oh, he's getting them to barely make to barely missing the playoffs. Like I mean, he's 20, 21 and 30. That's not going to do it. Yeah, nobody wants that. Nobody should be aspiring to be a 8 9 win coach. You want to win 10 11 plus games um and make the playoffs Mike Tomlin style. But yeah, obviously it's great for everyone that Arthur Smith is gone. Um Next year, we're going to see, like, there's no more excuses. If Kyle Pitts sucks again in year four, I don't want to hear about Kyle Pitts being the tight end one in Dynasty and a top five tight end in redraft the year after. <laughs> Bro, I'm reading this, like, because I have the ESPN article up so that I could see all the coaches that got fired. This says pros of the Atlanta job, but it mentions they have a great, they have a really good roster around the quarterback. They have $40 million in cap space. All, all great. And there's like cons of the Atlanta job. They don't have a quarterback. They need some defensive line help. And depending on what you're looking for, having the team's facility an hour north of the city could be a detractor. What? The hell are you talking about? 
Um, all right, let's go to the second one. Watching the I command. I want to go clubbing tonight. <laughs> I don't want to drive an hour. Yeah, especially when I'm the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Washington Commanders, Ron Rivera fired. I think this one was writing on the wall ever since the ownership got um, dismantled, ever since he decided he was going to go with Sam Howell, which ended up being a bad decision. Um, I know Ron Rivera is kind of like that, you know, just middle, like mid He's like the definition of a mid coach. He kind of like sticks to his guns and it never works out. Uh, he was 26 and 40, 26, 40 and one. Um, I mean, it's a entire rebuild. So whoever joining Washington is going to be in it for the long haul. It's going to be like, a, you know, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch type six year deal. Probably um, with that being said. Who do you think, like, if, if you're a head coaching candidate, are you looking at the Washington Commanders? Should the Commanders kind of look in-house and maybe go Eric Bieniemy, who did do something good with that offense this year? How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, Eric Bieniemy would make sense, but he also had a great season as the OC, so I don't even know if that's part of the discussion. It's just, uh, you know, just talking right now. But, yeah, I, I, I always find it funny when people are like, who's going to want to go to Washington and take over that Washington head coaching job? But it's like, who wants to accept millions of dollars to have a highly sought for job that only 30 people in the world have? Anyone who's in that industry, the coaching industry, is going to want to take that job, period. There's only one job that I would say if I'm a head coach, if I'm an offensive coordinator and my job is to be a head coach, I'm like, I'm going to have to think about whether I want this job or not. It's the Panthers because they have a shitty roster. They're they're They got rid of all their draft picks. Their, their quarterback doesn't look like the real deal. Um, and their coach is an asshole. Like just to, just to put it kindly, their coach is a dick. So like, do you want to be, do you want to be in that situation? I don't, I don't think so. The I think owner that's is one. a dick. You mean the owner? What'd I say? That coach. Oh, yeah, you would be the coach. Yeah, he's just a f asshole. Just an asshole. Can you imagine Bill Belichick with the Chargers? That would be a great fit. Especially because Bill Belichick's going somewhere else. Yes. I mean, he's like 20-something wins away from the all-time record. Like He wants that. He definitely mm -hmm. wants that. Um, speaking of guys who could... Who are Didn't connected. Nick Saban just retire? Maybe he they uh, maybe they team up again. Oh. Nick Saban comes back to the NFL. Oh. Now you're talking spicy. Um, if you want to make the oldest trio in the world, Pete Carroll also moving on from the Seattle Seahawks. This is another that was a one. Shocking. Yeah, this is another one that was also told um, as you know mutual. 137 and 89 over 14 seasons. One really bad play call away from being back-to-back -back champions um, in the heyday. Obviously, they couldn't get over the hump. I think it's a lot. Pete Carroll is a defensive coach. He's 72. This might be a situation where the ownership and the GM were like, look, this guy loves Geno Smith. We don't see Geno Smith as a guy who can win a, uh, a Super Bowl. Um, this guy is supposed to be a defensive-minded coach. We haven't had a good defense for like seven years. So, you know, I get it. But Pete Carroll's another guy who I don't see him just walking into the sunset. I'm, I'm feeling like he's going to try and get a position somewhere else. Well, apparently he's going to take over an advisor role or something. We'll, we'll see. see how that goes. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, Pete Carroll fired. The Seattle Seahawks have to be one of the more attractive jobs in the NFL, considering that's a really solid franchise. And, you know, they have a history of winning. They have a pretty decent roster around the quarterback. 
I think that that's that's a job that is the opposite of the Panthers. If you get a chance to take the Seahawks job, which a lot of people have already mentioned that Dan Quinn, who is currently the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys and the former defensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks in the um, Legion of Boom days, has been associated with this. It could be a Dan Quinn hiring. It makes a lot of sense if Dan Quinn goes back to Seattle. Um, so I think that that's probably where they're leaning there. We'll see what happens. The Tennessee Titans also let go of coach Mike Vrabel, which is another one that kind of came out of the blue. But in, until you hear the reporting around it, it seems as though Mike Vrabel um, may or may not have cursed out the owner. Um, they had a really bad relationship, according to uh, sources. So I think this is one of those things where, you know, even though he's been good, he's another guy who kind of sticks to his guns to the point where it costs them. And I think this year was definitely one of those moments where it cost them Mike Vrabel sticking to his guns, especially because you could, you know, he could have moved Derrick Henry for a third round pick and you could have done something, but you kind of, you kind of stayed thick headed and Mike Vrabel's a thick headed guy, but now he's free to go anywhere. And, you know, the new England job is open. Could be a great fit. Yeah, I mean it would make uh it would make logical sense. Uh, Mike Vrabel, the you know, is he in the Hall of Fame? No, no, but a very good player for the Patriots his entire career. But I mean, Gerard Mayo used to play for the Patriots too, and he's he's already has his foot in the door. So I feel like he'd be more likely. He is the apparently the favorite as of now. I mean, I out of all right. So here are the jobs that are open, Michael. Um, the Raiders' job is technically open. Yeah. <laughs> Raiders, Panthers, Chargers, Falcons, Commanders, Titans, Seahawks, Patriots. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight positions open. What is Chargers. the most? I said Chargers. I'm what are Chargers the, is where I would want to go. There you go. Yeah, hundred percent. Like the Chargers is definitely. You have you Justin Herbert. You work from around the quarterback. All the other places are. Let's try to figure out the QB situation and go from there. The Chargers are, okay, we have Justin Herbert. Let's go from there. Um, I think it also should be noted that there are some uh, coordinator firings um, that could make a big deal. The Jaguars fire their defensive coordinator, Mike Caldwell. The Bears fire their offensive coordinator, Luke Getze. And the Giants uh, got rid of their defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, who this is another one. That did you hear the story about behind this one, Michael? Apparently, he just left the building because he got in a f argument with Brian Dable or something. So did Brian he, Dable let go of his friends. Yes. Or, so, uh, so Brian Dable was like these two guys. Like, so apparently they were kind of like, like skirting the system. The way that it was put in the in the thing is they were they were creating their own fiefdom. Do you know what a fiefdom is? Nope. It's like their own little kingdom. It's like a it, it, like it's it's a it's a term from the um the feudalism from the days Fife days from the feudalism the, the days, days yeah, the of Fife. Days. Yeah, those are actually days. I'm a history teacher, Michael. You, the days of Fife. That's not funny because it's a real thing. Um, but yeah, their own kind of like thing where they wouldn't even talk to Dable about things and they would kind of ignore him and they would they, they created their own hierarchy. So he fired the other two guys and then Wink Martindale went in there and cursed them out and then left and not only left the building, went to Miami. Just just bounced to Florida and didn't say nothing. He just bounced to Florida. And he's like, fuck these guys. Uh, so, yeah, Wink Martindale, one of the better defensive coaches in the league, though. All right, let's get to some of the uh, injury news for the upcoming weeks because there are some there are some uh, big injury news, uh, injury pieces of advice here. Um, Kareem Hunt 
um, removed from the injury report, so he will play in the Texans if that matters. Um, also removed from the injury report, Amari Cooper. Someone added to the injury report was cornerback Denzel Ward. And it's very, very important to note that the, the Browns defense was very, very, very different without Denzel Ward. It's a lot like the Jets used to be uh, when Darrell Revis was there. It's a lot like the Rams used to be when Jalen Ramsey was there. When those guys go down, you lose the ability to play man so effectively, and that really hampers your pass rush. Um, so how do you feel about this? The 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 Texans, excuse me, are playing the Cleveland Browns here. How are you feeling if you are, you know, talking about this game and what do you what kind of effects do you think it has? I mean, I, I feel like we're gonna talk about this during a playoff challenge part. I don't want to give too much away here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Laporta did not practice Thursday. It looks like Sam Laporta is not gonna play. That is a big injury. He's he's been a yeah. fantastic, phenomenal find um for them. Talk about like just breaking the mold. He's he's been the best rookie tight end of the modern Ever. era. Yeah. Uh. Um, Aaron Jones limited in Thursday's practice with a knee and a finger injury. I'd be surprised if he doesn't suit up. Najee Harris, full participant in Thursday's practice. He's coming off a monster game in his last game. Um, apparently Stefan Diggs insinuated that Gabe Davis would miss Sunday's game against the Steelers. Um, he said the team is quote, is trying to quote win for Gabe Davis so that he has something to play for when he comes back. Um, he sprained his PCL in week 18. Um, so out of those guys, any any thoughts on those matters? Uh, I don't want to get into it again. Okay. <laughs> I feel like well, we get this. I've Now that we're doing it, I feel like we could discuss this when we get to the teams, you know? All right. Let me just go. Let me just run through the, <laughs> let me just run through the news so you guys are, are, are you know, educated in what we're doing. Um, Devontae Smith, full, full practice. Baker Mayfield who was definitely hobbled, did not practice on Thursday. It would be a shock if he didn't play in the game, but something to look out for because their backup QB situation is not good. A.J. Dillon did not practice, so we're going to have to keep an eye on that. Um, Christian Watson, limited in practice. Um, Raheem Mostert, listed as questionable. Uh, Xavier Howard, the cornerback, ruled out uh, for against the Chiefs. Um, yeah, and that's that's what I got in terms of injury report. So now that we're done with that, let's get into the juice, Michael. We are. This is the FFPC playoff challenge, Michael. Since Michael is the FFPC guy, if you guys don't know, Michael actually works for the FFPC, which is the high stakes um, fantasy league uh, where high stakes player playing high stakes tournaments for a lot of money. Um, so Michael, one of the reasons why he's so good at this is because not only is he an expert, he lives, breathes like fantasy football is his. This is. That's what he does. Um, so, I mean, it's no excuse to be this good, honestly. But if you, but he knows his shit is what I'm trying to say. So, Michael, tell the people about this playoff challenge, what it entails, and how we're going to uh, approach it. Yeah, so the playoff challenge is very simple, which is a good thing for people who are who are giving it a shot for the first time. Um, you literally choose players. There's no. Um, what is it called? There's no. Why am I blanking salary. on the word? Uh, no salary. Yeah, no salary cap and no crazy lineups where you could stack because you only choose one player to, per team. Um, so the way it goes is you have a QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, 
one tight end, four flex, a kicker, and a defense for 12 roster spots. That means you could only choose one player per team. There are 14 um, teams in the NFL playoffs. You That means you have to completely fade two teams. So two teams that you think are going to lose outright, no matter what, in their first game, that you don't think are going to put up big fantasy performances. You fade two teams completely. And then the the optimal way to do it you're not completely out of it if your kicker or defense moves on as we've seen in the past um looking at past champions but it does put you in quite a hole you want to yeah let's call it semi-fade the kicker and defense you want to pick a kicker and defense that you think could put up some points but are also going to be on the losing teams so you want to select eight or excuse me, 10 stalwart players on teams that you think are going to win or can win or are going to put up big performances and then fade two teams completely and semi-fade two teams. And the FFPC is tight end premium, so one and a half points per reception compared to full PPR for every other position. Flux players can be tight ends as well, getting one and a half PPR, which mixes things up a bit as well. But yeah, you could. There's a $200 playoff challenge with a $500,000 grand prize, and there's a $35 playoff challenge with a $100,000 grand prize. If you, download the, if you download the Fantasy Football by Broto app, we have a little FFPC icon on the home page. Click it, and if you sign up as a new user, you'll get $5 off your first purchase. So the $35 league will be a $30 league, and you could have some fun watching the uh, the NFL playoffs. And one big thing as well, the Super Bowl is double the points. So. Another fun little twist. All right, Mike, let's get into it. Me and Michael are going head to head, and we're also in. Got we got Jason's, um, we got Jason's as well. Jason's lineup, and so the way we're going to do this is that the winner is going to be treated to a sushi dinner um, by the two losers. Yeah. All right, so we we'll send a picture to the Discord as well. Um, or maybe um, a lunch special. We'll see. Yeah, most likely a lunch special because Michael and Jason, uh, I don't want to call them cheap because they're not. But they're No, because you can't ever they're do frugal. dinners. I mean, that too. But you're also frugal. You're just not a frugal guy. when it comes guy. to food. You're, uh, I like to spend money on food. Uh, Michael. Should we? Should I? Should I? Should I tell the bagel story? Is that you or, or is that you or Jason? Jason. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Jason <laughs> definitely the more frugal of the two twins. So I mean, we did just purchase tickets to Miami, so we could we spend money when we want to. Um, yeah, you purchased tickets to Miami, but you want to tell the people what happened with the Airbnb? Oh, we got a good deal. <laughs> yeah, you called the person and you got the money off because you paid cash. And yeah, yeah, I know what's going on. All right, you can't. Well, we we do some, we do a friend who knows the Airbnb. You do a friend. You do a friend who knows a guy who. Know, yeah, 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 and you got it for cheaper. All right. Correct. All right. All right. <laughs> Look, being frugal is a good thing, Michael. Don't don't fight it. <laughs> Embrace your frugality. I, I think that's a word. All right. Um, Frugalicious. So we're going head to head. So first things first, I think what we should say is the two teams that we're fading and why we're fading them. So, Michael, why don't you start with the two teams that you're fading? Look, I know this is probably chalk, this first team. Um I don't care. There is a 0% chance that I roster a Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, 
Can I just say so, something, Michael, before you do that? Before you get into the my, sure. when we were uh, figuring out like how we were going to approach this episode, because we have a group chat and we figure out you know the episodes in advance. We didn't just come over here and wing it, obviously. Um, so we figured out the episodes in advance. Michael, we, originally we were thinking about possibly doing a combo team, and the first thing, literally the first thing, Michael said was like, "I'm fading the Steelers. I don't want to hear it. That's a that's a, a non-negotiable." Yeah. So that's how that's how strongly Michael feels about it. That's the first thing he said. He didn't say we need the league MVP Lamar Jackson at quarterback. No, he said fade the Steelers. Correct. Um, fading the Steelers because look, like I said, you need to fade two teams that you don't think are going to put up monster performances. The second team was a lot harder to choose than this first team. The Steelers. It's going to be a bad weather day too. Um, playing in Buffalo, it's supposed to be like freezing cold, some wind, and the Bills are just way better. Than the Steelers in general, I think the Steelers even making the playoffs is just such a letdown for football fans. I think it's going to be a gross game where they don't perform well. They don't have TJ Watt for the game. Like, what do people expect for the Steelers picking their defense? I know Josh Allen uh, turns the ball over every now and then, but they don't have TJ Watt, and they have Mitchell Trubisky or not Mitchell Trubisky, uh, Mason Rudolph at quarterback. Like, I'm not buying this Mason Rudolph resurgence. He didn't even have that good of a week 18 game like uh, he's Mason Rudolph because he's Mason Rudolph Tim I think it's very silly like if you if you go with a one-off of like a George Pickens a Deontay Johnson a Najee Harris that means you're missing out on one-off players on the teams you would be fading like if you're fading the Texans you're missing out on a, a Nico Collins or something if you're fading the um the Rams, you're missing out on a Kyron Williams or a Cooper Cup. Like, there's just no shot in pitch, picking a Pittsburgh Steeler. I got to tell you, I, uh, this has been me and Michael for years. But if you say Rudolph one more time, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. The L is silent, Michael. You don't say Rudolph. Rudolph. It's a Rudolph. All right? Rudolph! Rudolph! Anyway, all right, so you're fading the Steelers. Who's your second team? I'm also fading the Steelers. Just so I want to put that out there for all the reasons Michael said. I'm not going to waste your time repeating, Michael. I think also, um, you know, while I am a little more into the Mason Rudolph, you know, comeback tour, I'm also not buying the Steelers as a real contender. I think Mike Tomlin pulled sure. off one of his coaching miracles um, by doing that. It would be interesting to see if Mike Tomlin was one of those guys too. Like if the Steelers didn't make the playoffs, if Mike Tomlin would have been one of those guys that's just that was like one of just one of those guys who surprisingly we have an amicable parting of ways from the team kind of situation. But he's coaching this week. Um, yeah, I think Mike Tomlin, that was just some Mike Tomlin magic. So who's the second team you're fading, Michael? Yeah, this one was a lot tougher, but this is the team that I'm most confident is not going to advance. Um, so it's the Green Bay Packers. If Same. I were if I Same. were to choose the Packers, these are probably the most chalky. But I actually listened to a podcast um, earlier today. Whoa. Um, okay, Michael. Yeah, I don't I don't listen to podcasts often. I I had I went into the office today, so I had some time. I listened to a podcast. Uh, Eric Balkman does, who also works at the FFPC for Rotoviz, the high stakes lowdown, where he interviewed the two of the guys who teamed up and won the FFPC playoff challenge last year. And they were talking about, like, you don't need to fade the chalk. Like, people go way too hard trying to fade the chalk. You want the players who are going to score the most points. You just have to be 
smart with your picks and kind of fortuitous with uh you know a little lucky as well and you just have to be able to make the right calls on a couple guys here and there that are toss-ups but otherwise you don't need to completely fade the chalk to win and in this instance i'm not completely i am following the chalk here and i'm choosing the steelers and packers i'm a little scared not choosing Jaden reed honestly i think he could have a one-off game the thing with this is like the say the Detroit Lions lose to the Rams and you have Amon Ross St. Brown in your lineup and the Packers lose to the Cowboys and you have and you don't have Jaden Reed in your lineup and Jaden Reed scores 28 and Amon Ross scores 15. If someone faded the Lions and doesn't have Amon Ross on their lineup and chose Jaden Reed, that gives them an advantage, even though Amon Ross was the more chalky pick. So these are the things that you have to like think about when you go into uh when you're choosing your lineups. I just think this, the Lions have a good chance to I think it's a toss-up that game against the Rams. I'll, we'll get into that later, but yeah, the Packers are the team I'm most likely to me is going to lose alongside the Steelers, so I'm fading the Packers as well. Interesting, Michael. So so far, me and you are on the same page. I also that Lions Rams game is one that I'm looking at as uh, a definite upset, uh, upset kind of um, potential. Uh, I think I'm I'm fading the the Packers too, and I you know you, oh yeah you're fading the two seven seeds. I mean. On the one hand, you got the Steelers. I think the Steelers actually have a better chance to win than the Packers. I think when I know the Cowboys have a history of blowing it, but they never blow it in the first round. And the Dallas Cowboys are playing at home. They are undefeated at home so far this year. I just don't see the Packers as the Packers are a project. And, you know, shout out to them who Jordan Love really came on the end of the year. And he looks like the real deal. Like he even looks kind of like Aaron Rodgers when he throws. I don't know if you guys, if you notice that, like he kind of looks like Aaron Rodgers. He has kind of like the same, um, mannerisms as Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, the Packers doing it right over and over and over again. Uh, Jordan Love looks like a franchise quarterback, so I think the Packers have a bright future, but I just don't see a, a scenario where the Cowboys lose to the Packers in the first round, especially at home. Yeah. Jason, uh, we have Jason's lineup here as well. Jason's going super contrarian. He signed his lineup, and I was like, bro, this is gross. You don't need to go this contrarian, but he wanted to roll with it. He's... uh fading the Miami Dolphins against the Chiefs and he's fading the Detroit Lions against the Rams. So me I will say this the the Lions game we'll get into the Lions game. I think it could be a situation where it's like because the Rams one weakness is their defense. Like if you if we go to the the Fantasy Football by Brodo app and we look at their um fantasy finishes where are you detroit lions um we look at their fantasy finishes they were f- the fourth best matchup for qbs the seventh best matchup for tight ends the sixth best matchup for wide receivers they were the 23rd best matchup for running backs but you got to remember they started the year off so strong against running backs that moved up seven spots um uh, from their members so they were getting they're getting eaten up the lions on defense um, but that's not who I was even looking for. I, I just completely changed the subject. I was I was actually supposed to be talking about the <laughs> Los Angeles Rams um, and their terrible defense. They also have a terrible defense. They were the worst defense against tight ends. Um, they were the seventh matchup against QBs, middle of the pack against running back and wide receivers. But they just got a lot of no names on that team. Um, so, but there's a there's a world where you know the Rams win this game, and I think it's a realistic possibility. Um, but I do think that uh these two seven seeds are just they're just a little out of their range i i i if i was i get where the nfl is coming from but i liked it better when the top two seeds got buys um and the 
and there was only six playoff teams in each division. I get where it is, but I just don't think like I just don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Green Bay Packers, they're good teams and they could be better next year, but I just don't think they have what it takes this year. And that's how I felt about the seven seeds. The seven seeds really haven't had a chance since they changed this playoff format. Um, but let's get into the first position. So both of us fading the Steelers and the Packers. Um, so with that being said, Michael, who's your quarterback? My quarterback is a QB for a team that is playing week one. Okay. I know and, who you're going with. Can I guess? Yeah, you probably know. Go ahead. Josh Allen? It's Josh Allen. I I think the AFC is bad. Like, I don't think any team really stands out in the AFC. Um, I don't really trust. Oops. What I the don't hell really was trust, that? <laughs> um, uh, we have um, a Dyson vacuum and I accidentally kicked it and knocked it over. Um, sorry, but, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, as I was saying, yeah, I don't think like, I don't trust Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. If I'm being honest, not to say I don't trust the Ravens. He just hasn't really done it in the playoffs yet. I just think the bills have the, like they get the Pittsburgh Steelers and then they get either the chiefs, Cleveland or Houston. Um, the chiefs aren't what they used to be Cleveland, Houston. I think the bills are better than, and then they'd get the, Baltimore Ravens if the Ravens win their second their first game so they're getting at least to the AFC conference championship in my opinion the Bills um and if they make it to the Super Bowl having Josh Allen is just such a boon because he's so clearly the best player on that team over the second half like yeah James Cook had some big games Stefan Diggs had way too many down games Dalton Kincaid had a nice and had a nice finish of the season he could be a contrarian pick here as well but his rushing potential, his rushing touchdowns, Josh Allen is just that he's the number one QB in fantasy. So he's my he's my QB here. He was in major consideration for me. I was between him and the guy I chose. Uh, at the end of the day, I chose this guy because I believe that they're going to come out of the AFC. Um, I know Michael's not as confident in this team as I am, but I think that the Ravens are the real deal. Uh, this is one of the best Ravens teams uh, that I've seen, and particularly the Ravens defense. Uh, their addition of Raquan Smith last year was just a mwah, work of art masterpiece. Kyle Hamilton is an absolute stud, a uh, great draft pick. You knew it was going to be. And that whole defense is really just really stepped up this year. And I think when you have a defense like that, and then you have the guy who's a front runner for MVP at quarterback, I'm going to take the chance that they're going to be coming out of the, coming out of the AFC. And I think that's where my, that's where my predictions lie. I think when you, Usually, Lamar Jackson is the highest projected quarterback at the moment. Okay, so I'm not the only one thinking this way. Michael got the yeah. inside track. Um, but I, the thing about the, the Ravens that is scary is that they ha- kind of have a history of blowing it. Um, but with that being said, this is the best Baltimore team we've had. And I will say this. There's so much parity in the league this year. I think more parity than we've seen in a lot of years before. But the thing is... When there's so much parity in the league, usually that means the top teams are the top teams. Do you know what I mean? Like when everyone's kind of grouped together and everyone can beat everybody, the people that beat everybody the most are usually the best teams. So I think Baltimore, like my Super Bowl pick, and this is super chalky and I'm I'm not afraid to say it, I think it's the Niners over the Ravens. Like I really think that the Niners, we're going to have a hardball, hardball uh, part deux. 
Uh, let's see if the, the lights go out this time. Um, but I think that the Niners and the Ravens are going to be going to the Super Bowl. And I mean, obviously, that's chalky. Those are both the first round buys. But I just think that this is one of those years where the first round buys are going to come out. Not that I don't like the Bills, but I think the Bills just this year showed that they just aren't special. And I think like they could have been special, but their defense has suffered way too many injuries, um, particularly with Matt Milano. And let's just too many injuries on the on the defense. The offense is turned into something that's just like unrecognizable. And I have a bill on this team that might be a stretch. And I think it's when I get to my bill, I'm gonna talk about it. He's like a contrarian superstar. You don't get you don't get a chance to pick a contrarian superstar a lot. So I went. I decided instead of going Josh Allen, I'm gonna go with Lamar Jackson, and I'm gonna take a chance on the contrarian superstar because I like this particular guy better than I like any of the weapons on the Ravens because my strategy going into this was di is different than my, my other strategies. My strategy going into this was I want to pick guys that can get me two games worth of points, even if they get eliminated. So I went with like, I was like, all right, who's the best it player is on each team? And I pretty tried to important. It is pretty important to have a QB play at least. Um, like two, three games, and more than likely, you do need a QB in the Super Bowl. That it, it, tends it, to be what's needed. I, this is a definitely a, a, a um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It's risky because I'm giving up a game. So you're giving you're giving up a game right off the bat with these bye weeks. So they need to make the Super Bowl in order for me to this to be a good pick. So. We'll see what happens. Josh Allen, Michael's quarterback. Uh, my quarterback is Lamar Jackson. Who's Jason's quarterback, Michael? Jason's is Dak Prescott, so he has a okay. Dallas run. You know, Jason won a dynasty championship on the back of Dak Prescott this year in a super flex league. Um, so, man, I traded Dak Prescott to him week seven because I'm a, I'm a rebuilding squad. I But I'm not, I'm not going to lie, bro. If you look at my team now, like I do have some talent. If I would have kept Dak Prescott and I had him in CD Lamb stack, I, I might have been able to make the playoffs. But, but I, I traded so many picks and I needed picks back, and now I have three first round picks in this year. So I'm, I'm I was rebuilding. It made sense, kind of, but definitely. I hit a nice plus eighteen hundred future on Dak Prescott leading the league in touchdowns. Mm, nice. All right, Michael, who's your first running back? My first running back is uh, CMC. Me too. Um, I think you got um, to have CMC. Yeah, like I said, it's not like you don't have to go completely off chalk. CMC is just too good. Like there's no, there's nothing in my mind that's telling me Debo, Brandon Ayuk, or Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's not going to be a big enough difference from another quarterback that you choose compared to Christian McCaffrey being the difference between the running backs. Like if you choose James Cook and Brock Purdy, or Josh Allen and CMC like, because that's what you have to do. You can only choose one player per team. If that's like, if that's how you're thinking about it, I'm taking Josh Allen and CMC every day. Like CMC is just so much better. Plus the running back pool is, is light. This yeah. is not a running back playoff. We, that we have here. Um, so for me, it's, it's CMC. I, I mean, I, again, like my strategy was who can give me two games worth of points 
in one game if they get eliminated. And I think CMC fits that mold. Uh, I like if you were to tell me that CMC would score more points in his one game than James Cook did in the, in two games, would you be surprised by that? No, no. So I'm going with CMC as my first running back. Michael, who's your second run? Uh, oh, who's Jason's first running back? Jason's first running back is Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams. So did he go with CMC at all? He did not. Ooh, okay. I'm wondering who is San Francisco 49er is. I'm guessing it's George Kittle. Reminder that it's this is a tight end, tight end premium. premium half PPR. Yeah, so tight ends get an extra half point every time they catch the ball. All right, uh, Michael, who's your second running back here? My second running back is Kyron Williams. Um, I think the Rams are a sleeper Super Bowl pick. Their offense has just been basically unstoppable with Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, and Cooper Cup all healthy. Um, I think the Lions got a just terrible draw getting Detroit. I mean, getting L.A. in the first round, the first time they're making the playoffs in a while. Going up against Matt Stafford and the Rams, um, like the Packers would have been a much easier matchup, in my opinion. But nonetheless, I think the Rams have a good shot to defeat the Lions. And I also think they have a good shot to keep winning. Like, I think they are a dark horse Super Bowl team. I think Matt Stafford's an interesting contrarian quarterback pick because if he makes it there, he's going to be putting up a lot of points. Um, so that's something to consider if you're, you know, if you're entering multiple leagues, obviously if you have a, like if you're doing a one-off, you kind of just have to do with what you think is going to happen. If you have five teams, 10 teams, 15 teams, 20 teams, you could tinker here and there um, things that, you know, different scenarios in your head. But for me, I'm going Kyron Williams just because he's been so damn good. I think him and CMC are far above the rest in terms of running back value in this playoff challenge. So I'm picking, I'm rolling with Kyron Williams. It's interesting because this is a team with Cooper Cup. This is a team with Puka Nakua. But I also went Kyron Williams. He's technically in my flex, but I'm just for, for continuity, I'm going to put him in my second running back spot. Um, yeah, for all the reasons Michael said, I'm going with Kyron Williams here. Uh, I just think that, again, not to repeat myself, but I'm going to. Kyron Williams is going to get work. He's going to touch the ball 15 to 20 times in that game, no doubt about it. Even if it's a blowout, he's still going to he's still gonna touch the ball. So, for me, Kyron Williams is the pick here. But it's interesting because, you know, like I said, this is a high-powered offense. Matt, Matt Stafford is someone you can go with. Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. It's hard to just pick one of these guys. So... Uh, but we all went with Kyron Williams on this team. So that is so far. Um, so far, that is our quarterbacks and our running backs. So let's get into those receivers. Uh, just a reminder, one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, four flex, one kicker, one defense. Um, Michael, who's your second wide receiver? Your first wide receiver? Wide receiver. Uh, firstly, Jason's second running back was Isaiah Pacheco. So just oh, I thought he went Kyron Williams. Second running back. He oh, 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 Isaiah Pacheco. oh, okay. I, yeah. I, I almost went Isaiah Pacheco, but then I pivoted a little bit because I went with a little interesting strategy. We'll talk about that a little later. Um, right. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, my first wide receiver is CD Lamb. Another uh, chalky pick. I don't care. He's just so much better than everyone else on the Cowboys. There's no shot. I think Tony Pollard's outscoring him. Brandon Cooks, get out of here. My only concern would be Dak Prescott having a huge playoff run, making it to the Super Bowl. Um but even then, he's going to be throwing at C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb has been the best wide receiver in the league over the last, like, eight weeks or so. So, for me, it was a fairly easy pick of C.D. Lamb here. Even if they 
um, lose to the Packers week one, which would not be ideal for me. I'm fading the Packers. I do think CeeDee Lamb will put up a monster game. Um, and if they do win, I'd be excited to have CeeDee Lamb in their matchup against, you know, maybe the Rams, Philly, Tampa, one of those three. None of those defenses are scary by any means for a wide receiver. I don't like that we're sharing so many picks, but my first wide receiver is also CeeDee Lamb. I had CeeDee Lamb on my uh on my home team, it was phenomenal. I loved having CD Lamb on my team. I had him on a dynasty team. I love having him on a dynasty team. Actually, I'm thinking about uh, selling high on him and getting like five first round picks or something from him for, from someone who doesn't know better. I could see the Dyson back, vacuum in the back. I could see Katarina moving it yeah. around there. Tim, Tim <laughs> sees the Dyson vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> uh so like, I that... can see Katarina moving it around back there. <laughs> All right. What up, what up, Katarina? Say hi to the people. Uh, uh, she left. All right. So CD Lamb is also my pick. So Michael, who's your second wide receiver? Uh firstly, Jason's first wide receiver oh, is yeah. Zay Flowers. Jason really going contrarian. I know, man. I told him he's an idiot, but I mean, I mean I, it's not the worst pick. Zay I have excellent. Yeah, I don't want to say anything, but we'll we'll get to it. My okay. second wide receiver is uh, Amon Ra, um, St. Brown. Me too, bro. Like we got to stop. Fine. It's people. fine that we go semi chalky here. Look, if Detroit wins, it's going to be a lot to do with Amon Ra, especially with Sam Laporta out. If they don't win, I do think he has a big enough game where his one and done is um, okay. Like or Jason two, faded the. Games. I agree. Jason faded the Lions. I don't see like why you would do that when you could fade the Steelers, for example, or the Packers. But again, like actually Jason went with Jaden Reed. That's his wide receiver. So he went Jaden Reed over Amon Ra. I said that earlier as an example, not knowing that Jason did exactly that. Uh, but yeah, Amon Ra's just been too good, especially in PPR. Um, if the and Jared Goff's a much better home quarterback. He he's gonna play at home week one. Um Amon Ra's gonna play Gonna gonna put up points no matter what. So I'm going. I'm rolling with Amon Ra. Yeah, the Rams are a, a defense that Amon Ra can take advantage of. And again, he's one of those guys that can put up two games worth of points in one game. I agree with you, Michael. Like the reason, one of the reasons why I faded the Packers and I faded the Steelers is not only because I think those teams are going to lose, but also because the fantasy outcomes on those teams are not as great. Like I, I would have also faded the Buccaneers or the Texans. Like those, those are teams that I just don't think have the capability of scoring as many points as uh, some of these other teams do. Um, I I kind of pseudo faded the Texans and and Bucks. We'll talk about that later. Um, but with that being said, let's go to your first tight end, Mike. Who's I mean your tight end? Who's your tight end? Well, hold on. Jason's second wide receiver is. I Debo keep forgetting Samuel. Jason. Sorry, special guest. So we both went CMC. Jason went Debo Samuel. Debo. San Fran. Yeah. Mm. My tight end. Is that's Jason Face? My tight end is Dallas Goddard. Oh, okay, interesting. I went with Josh Allen at QB. Um, the Eagles are on a down spin spiraling, but I don't think they're gonna lose to the Buccaneers. AJ Brown is dealing with an injury, he hasn't practiced yet. Even if he does play, he's been putting up down performances of late. Devontae Smith has basically been worse than Dallas Goddard all season when Dallas Goddard is healthy. This is tight end premium. Dallas Goddard had a good week 16 and 17 upon his return from injury. So this is, I guess, my first semi-contrarian pick. Um, not going with Hurts or A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. 
I'm going to go with Dallas Goddard here. Hopefully he has a big game against Tampa Bay. I expect him to lose next week after that um, to San Fran or or Dallas if that ends up being the game for them. So, yeah. Um, my pick here at tight end is David Njoku. Uh, I mean, the, the reason why David Njoku is a tight end here is simple. I think because they're going to throw it to him over and over and over again. Uh, the Texans were the fourth best matchup in terms of points over average. Now, this is why you need points over average. Like, again, like, I don't want to keep hounding this, but if you look at the overall rankings of points giving up to tight end, the, the Texans don't give up that many points to the tight end, but they do give up 29% points over average to the tight end, and that's the fourth best matchup in the league. And David Njoku has been absolutely getting peppered with the ball, particularly since Joe Flacco took over. Um, over the, Since week 10, he's only finished outside of the top eight tight ends one time. One time. Um, and that was in week 13 at LA. In his last four games he finished tight end two tight end two tight end four tight end three a lot of people rode david njoku to some fantasy championships this year and i think that's going to continue especially in a good matchup here joe flacco is going to slang that thing and he loves slinging it to his very athletic tight end out of miami david njoku on top of that it's uh it's a point and a half uh super flex so i want as many targets as humanly possible with joe flacco he's had eight targets 14 targets, nine targets, and eight targets. Give me all that. That's 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 all together. 31 receptions. That's an average of what is that? Nine receptions over four games? No. No. What is that? Not, you said 30. 31 sorry, divided by four. Um, slightly under eight, seven point seven five. I love that. Give me all that. Um over a hundred yards in two of those games. The one game, one of the games that he he. So he's has four touchdowns over those four games. Only one game under 91 yards in those four games. And he scored a touchdown in that game. So I think that like he's as guaranteed as you can get at the tight end position. He's the new Travis Kelsey at the, at the moment. So I'm going with him. And I just, I know I'm letting you go first, Michael, and I, we're going to get to Jason's in a second, but I'm playing a little bit of a strategy game here and I'm doubling up tight end. Um, I am going with Travis Kelsey as well as one of my flex players. Um, I just think that if the, if the Chiefs are going to win, they're going to win on the back of Travis Kelsey, even though he had a weaker regular season this year. I do think there is something to the fact that like he's a little older and maybe he took us a couple plays off and they kind of had an easy division where they were never really no one ever really got that close. I think the Broncos at one point were one game out, but they were never really contender. The Chargers were never really contenders. The Raiders were never really contenders. So that's a that's a team who kind of ease to the finish and it's just i know what this team has i know what andy reed has i know what pat mahomes has i know what travis kelsey has and yes they're not the same team of old but this is a team who's been there done that and i and you're, you're going to hear me like one of the reasons why i'm fading the texans uh you, I'm, I'm i'm ending up taking the texans defense i'll talk about that one of the reasons why i'm pseudo fading the texans is because of the rookie quarterback and the lack of experience, because there's one thing that we always forget is how much playoff experience actually matters. So I think that this is the team with the playoff experience, the champs, um, the the two time champs, the defending champs. And I'm going to take Travis Kelsey because he's another one where I think this is a rare superstar contrarian pick. I don't think that Travis Kelsey is going to be picked a lot uh, because of the week season that he had. So give me all that, Travis Kelsey. I'm, I'm doubling up on tight end in my first flex. 
Who's Jason's flex, Michael? Uh, Jason's tight end is tight Dalton, end. Dalton Schultz. Okay. Houston. Um, my first flex is, since you brought up Kansas City, I'll go Kansas City. Rashi Rice, I went more contrarian in KC. Um, not Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, not Isaiah Pacheco or Travis Kelsey. Look, Rashi Rice was the best player in that on that team for fantasy over the second half of the year. He outscored Travis Kelsey almost every game. Um, I think people are buying into the, you know, it's Travis Kelsey and it's playoff time narrative a little too much. Oh, so thank you for just like saying what I said, but in that voice. Appreciate yeah. it, Michael. Yeah, anytime. And Rashi Rice, Rice is going to be less rostered as well. Um, I think Casey's going to beat Miami. I have a soft fade on Miami, as you'll see coming up. Um, so, yeah, I think Rashi Rice, if they, they're, they're going to have to, it's going to be on Patrick Mahomes for them to win. And Rashi Rice has been the number one target over the second half of the year. I think that continues. I will mention this the Dolphins' eighth, the eighth best matchup according to true uh, matchup ranking for wide receivers. Also, the eighth best matchup for tight ends, 19% over average. And that has gotten uh, better by five spots um, over the last three games. So they've been getting destroyed by the tight end over the last uh, three games. Let's go into the first flex. I already mentioned that I have Travis Kelsey in that first flex. Michael, how are you feeling yeah. about it? Uh, well, my first flex is Rashi Rice. Jason's first flex is George Pickens. Yuck. He's p- picked a stealer. I have nothing to say about that. Looks like Jason's going to be buying one of us sushi. Yep. <laughs> what if he wins? He texted me on the side. I guess I'm buying you guys sushi. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, is that how uh, you want to do the loser buys the other two people sushi? I think we should change the rules to that now that I see Jason. No, it's the it's second and third place pay for first place of sushi. I don't know what you're talking about, Michael. Yeah, you're right. Jason's buying a sushi. <laughs> um, my, my second flex is Amari Cooper. Look, Amari Cooper... I know I like David Ajoku. Like- David Ajoku is ex- expected to be the highest owned um, Cleveland player for good reason. As Tim mentioned, he chose Najoku, and I don't blame him for it. But Aaron Cooper just put up 250 yards against Houston last time they played. And if Cleveland beats Houston, I do think it's going to be, be be because of Amari Cooper, not because of Najoku. He has a real con- he's shown a real connection with Joe Flacco. The Texans secondary is solid, but we saw what Amari Cooper did to them just two weeks ago. Um, he's been very good with Joe Flacco, so I'm I'm rolling with uh, I'm rolling with Coop. I like it. All right, Mike, who is your second flex? Coop is my second flex, man. I mean, I meant who's Jason's second flex? My bad. Jason's second flex is Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed. Okay, so we went over Jaden Reed a little bit. My second flex here is Raheem Mostert. Um, I'm riding with Raheem Mostert from the Dolphins because, I again, it's basically a very simple equation. Who is a person who is going to get enough work where he kind of can get two games worth of work in the same game? And I think Raheem Mostert is that guy. Um, he's been killing it throughout the whole season. Now, Devin Chain has stepped up in the last game. That does make me a little nervous, but I think that makes it a little less chalky. And I think I'll take the chance that Raheem Mostert comes back strong. Um and plays well in this game, even if they lose. So I'm going with Raheem Mostert here because what else can you say? He scored 20 touchdowns. Oh, so Tariq Hill is projected to be one of the highest owned players in this tournament. You went Mostert. I soft faded the Dolphins. So I'll be, I'll just say it. I'll be choosing Jason Sanders. I'll get to it at that time. Excuse me. And Jason just completely faded the Dolphins. So we're going contrarian with the Dolphins here, which is interesting. 
Um, all right, let's go to our third flex. This is another one where I went with a contrarian superstar. I'm going Stefan Diggs. Um, That's I know, who Jason went with as well. Yeah, I think that Stefan Diggs is not going to be highly rostered in this tournament, and I think that if the Bills are going to make a run, Stefan Diggs is going to have to be part of it, especially because it looks like um, what's his name, Gabe Davis, is not going to be playing in this game so that leaves Khalil Shakur and Dalton Kincaid and James Cook and guys that in the playoffs don't have any experience in the playoffs aren't are, are very light experience in the playoffs aren't superstar caliber type guys in the playoffs when it matters I think that Josh Allen's going to go to his guy and I think Stefan Diggs has a little resurgence and so I'm going to go with a, a opportunity to have a contrarian superstar here in the flex with Stefan Diggs. All right. My, uh, my third flex is Nico Collins of the Houston Texans. I almost I think, went Nico Collins, man. Yeah. I think too many people are fading the Texans entirely or soft fading the Texans. Like you did, Tim, I get it. Um, I get the Cleveland defense is great and everything, but the Cleveland defense was also wildly better at home than they were on the road. And Houston is going to be at home. I know CJ Stroud is a rookie quarterback. I know they might say, oh, they're a year early there. But CJ Stroud is not playing like a rookie quarterback. He hasn't all year. Nico Collins just dominated in a must-win game um, this past week. He's their clear number one receiver, especially with Tank Dell out. Um, Robert Woods is injured. Dalton Schultz has not done much since his return from injury. I want a piece of that offense. I, I, I'd be shocked if Houston like won several games in the playoffs. Actually, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I, I'm sure everyone else would be. I think they're like a, I see a little bit of Cincinnati Bengals in them, the Joe Burrow year. I know this as Joe Burrow's sophomore year, they, you know, they, they were a different team than the Houston Texans are. The Texans are a worse team overall, I'd say, but I do see some of that in the Texans. Um, so I don't want to completely fade them. So I'm rolling with Nico Collins as a number one receiver, putting up big points if they do lose. And if they do win, then I have Nico Collins as a nice little uh, leverage play against others in week two against um, the Bills or the Chiefs or the Ravens. I almost went Nico Collins. I like that. I like that pick a lot. I like that pick also, a lot. Who's, who's uh, Stefan Diggs. All right. And the last flex player. So I reserve the right to change this guy. Um if he does not end up going, I'm going to pivot over to Dallas Goddard and go with the three tight end stack. Um, but for right now, I have A.J. Brown, just in case he does play. Um, I have no confidence in the Eagles. I think that the Eagles, I don't think that this is a kind of team that's just going to turn it on for no reason. Now, they're playing the Buccaneers, which gives me a little more confidence. So I do think they have the ability to win one game. But I'm just not... I'm just not a fan of the Eagles this year. I think their defense is a lot softer than it was last year. I think their their lack of rotation depth in on the defensive line is really showing so far this year. I think that's one reason why their secondary was exposed. Their their secondary was basically the same last year, except they had a great pass rush, so they looked a lot better because they had to cover for a second and a half less. Um, so I'm going to go with A.J. Brown here against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that's uh, susceptible through the air. And I reserve the right to change that to Dallas Goddard or maybe DeAndre Swift. I'll let's say Dallas Goddard. I want to I want to go. I want to go. I want to stack those tight ends. 
So I'm going to go Dallas Goddard if A.J. Brown doesn't play. But, I mean, the reasons why you pick A.J. Brown are obvious. Yeah. Jason's final flex is David Njoku. Similar reasons to you, I suppose. Um, or I assume. My final flex is Zay Flowers. Um, I didn't choose Lamar Jackson. I was very close to choosing Isaiah Likely. But, look. Mark Andrews chance, might be back. Yeah, there's a chance Mark Andrews returns. He's not expected to, per se, their first game. But if he comes back the conference championship or if he comes back the Super Bowl where points are double, if like there's some people who max out these contests, 150 entries, I'm sure those guys will throw a Mark Andrews in their lineup. Uh, if you're doing a one off two, three, four, five leagues, it's just not worth the risk in general. I think it's worth the risk risking the zeros. Um, you can't really bounce back from zeros in this contest. So that scared me off of Isaiah like a little bit. And Zay Flowers has just been awesome since the Mark Andrews injury. Um, so I'm rolling with Zay Flowers as my final flex. And Jason's final flex, oh, as I mentioned, was David Njoku. So now we get to the kickers and defense, baby. Um, yeah, these are soft fades. Like Michael said, um, these are teams that we expect to be eliminated in the first round and or expect not to get big performances from. I'm going Chase McLaughlin uh, for my uh, kicker. And then I'm going with the Texans defense. As my defense, the reason why I'm going with the Texans defense, I think, is because they're playing the Browns and Joe Flacco throws a pick or two every game. So I'm going with the highest possibility to return a kick. I know the the Texans defense is on shambles right now. Will Anderson is questionable to play. They're missing half their offensive line. With all that being said, I still think they have a high opportunity to get a pick six. So that's why I'm going with the Texans defense on the soft fade. Uh, you know, it was between it was between them and the Bucks defense and the Bucks defenses don't offer anything. So I went with Chase McLaughlin and um which is the Bucks kicker if you don't know and then the the defense of the why am I blanking? Texans. Michael, who your who's your kicker Look, in the? Real quick, this motherfucker Jason chose Chase McLaughlin and Eagles defense against each other. So he's having a kicker or defense move on no matter what. I don't know what he was doing when he made this line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywho, I'm my kicker is Jason. I've been Sanders. waking up at five fifteen a.m. to wake up with Jason. He's just tired. Yeah, I suppose Jason Sanders is my kicker. Like I said, I'm soft fading Miami. I don't think they're going to beat uh, KC. I I'm going contrarian route and fading Terry Kill, Devon Chain, Raheem Mostert, Jalen Waddle, and company. Um, but I do think they're going to be kicking field goals. So Jason Sanders, three, four field goals, and that's all you really need. And then my defense, I got Tampa Bay against Philly. The Philly offense has been struggling, struggling, struggling of late. Jalen Hurts is dealing with an injury. A.J. Brown is dealing with an injury. I know the Tampa Bay defense isn't anything to write home about, but all you need is a player to where something goes really right for them or really wrong for the Eagles offense, which has been happening fairly often these days. So I went with the Tampa Bay defense. What about Shall we recap our squads? Sure, let's do it. Let's go with Jason first and his wife. Yeah, Jason's bum-ass team. Yeah. Dak Prescott, Kyron Williams, Isaiah Pacheco, Zay Flowers, Debo Samuel, Dalton Schultz, George Pickens, Jaden Reed, Stefan Diggs, David Njoku, Chase McLaughlin, and Eagles defense. I'm, I'm I, going with, I never want to repeat those words again. I'm going with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. My two running backs are CMC and Raheem Mostert. My wide receiver, C.D. Lamb and Amon Ross St. Brown. At tight end, David Njoku in my flex Travis Kelsey, Kyron Williams, Stefan Diggs, and either AJ Brown or um or Dallas Goddard if AJ Brown doesn't play. My kicker is Chase McLaughlin. My defense is the Texans, and I am fading the Steelers and the Packers. All right. And for me, 
Josh Allen at QB, CMC at running back, Kyron Williams at running back, CD Lamb at wide receiver, Aminra at wide receiver, Dallas Goddard at tight end. I went with a single tight end here. Um, and then I got in the four flexes, Rashi Rice, Amari Cooper, Nico Collins, and Zay Flowers with Jason Sanders at kicker and Tampa Bay defense. You kind of went slightly contrarian with your flex plays. Yeah, I, I got the chalkiest that I think are chalkiest for a reason in guys like CMC, CD, and Aminra. And then I went with guys where I, you know, you build a story in your head, you look at the matchups of the week and matchups in future weeks and what teams are likely to make it far and such. And that's what I came up with. All right, Michael, that is it. This is the free preview episode. Don't forget to join patreon.com. Michael, hit that banner. Uh, don't uh, don't forget to join patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy, uh, youtube.com slash Broto Fantasy if you want to see the lovely banner and our lovely faces. You could tell it's the winter time because I am light as hell, man. My my freaking I've lost all my beautiful Mediterranean oliveness. Word, maybe I could get a little bit of a tan when I'm in Miami. Go get a tan, bro. Like all of the Patrop, the Patrop skin color is just so olivey Mediterranean. Like I love our Mediterranean hue. I, I love like how we get tan in the summer. You know what I mean? Like I just love having that hue and I just like, I hate being this light in the winter time. Um, but no offense to anyone that is this light. You're all beautiful, you know, or dark. You're all anyone's. I'm just, I just love my, I just love my complexion. That's all I'm saying. Nothing Wrap against up, other, shall we? nothing against other complexions. Um, Michael, what did you eat for dinner tonight, bro? You're a funny guy. Um, chicken with quinoa and veggies. Oh, so you went healthy. I've like been eating. I said, I've been back on the grind. Yeah, I've been eating super healthy uh, as well. I've been I've been eating super healthy. But tonight we had a little. We we put a little bit of uh, unhealth in the in the dish. What my wife does is she makes this one sheeter, right? And she puts chicken, boneless, skinless chicken thighs. I love some those. Ba- some bacon, apples, um, Brussels sprouts, and sweet potatoes. And she puts that all in one pan and cooks it together. And I swear to God, Michael. This thing tastes like a chicken bake from Costco. Do you remember chicken bakes? Yeah, I I assume it tastes better than that. Why? Chicken bakes were amazing. Chicken bakes were decent. Bro, I I, I used to love chicken bakes. Johnny found them horrific. Remember that? I remember I used to eat all his. My mom and dad used to get them and I used to eat his. And then I used to eat his lean pockets as well. Uh, But yeah. Lean pockets. (laughs) Chicken... The chicken cheese and broccoli lean pockets. Oh yeah, chicken parm. I used to always trade trade my chicken and cheese for your meatball parm. Always, always. Or the Philly cheesesteak. That one was the Philly cheesesteak. That was. He had to be in the mood for it. <laughs> Man, how many lean pockets did we eat? That was probably terrible for us. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's all we got. Remember, Patreon.com/slash/BroderFantasy. If you're not already contributing, please contribute. The offseason is coming, but before that, we had a playoff preview, so we'll be back to you next week. Don't forget that. Always available. Real quick, download the app and click the FFPC button. If you're a new user, you'll get $5 off your entry. Which is uh, good, man. It's good. It's right at the bottom. You really can't. You really can't. It's the banner that says FFPC on it. All the way in the bottom corner. So that's where it's at. Um, Yeah, Michael, always a pleasure, brother. Uh, with that being said, we are out of here. Like Bill Belichick. Peace.